You know, here's the thing. This might be a little bit of a hot button topic. Okay. But I, I, I want to discuss it real quick because every time I jump onto Facebook or I'm going anywhere, I'm seeing it pop up. Okay. Now, how familiar are you with the Adams family? Pretty familiar. Okay. So recently they've released, or Tim Burton's released, the Wednesday series. Yes. Um, and every time I see a comment about this series, it's specifically directed at poor Louise Guzman, who plays Gomez. Right. People absolutely hate that casting. Right. They hate it with a passion. For Do you know the reason why? Because they're probably comparing it to Raul Julia. They're comparing it to Raul Julia because they think of Gomez as being this Latin lover, mm-hmm. skinny, debonair type. Suave type of... That's right. Yeah. But here's the thing. And so I started looking because I was really curious at the history specifically of gomez mm-hmm. um you know was he initially meant to be this latin lover type what was he developed as and so i started looking back and i came to realize in the initial run um the the actual newspaper comic series yeah no members of the adams family had names okay they weren't named. He was not called Gomez okay. in that series. And it wasn't until they developed the 60s TV show that Charles Adams, who created the series, went to John Aston and said, what do you want to call this character? Mm. And he had two names. One of them was Rapelli. Rapelli, okay. And the other was Gomez. And it was John Aston who decided on Gomez. Oh, I didn't know that. And then he was the one that started developing the character into this Latin lover type. Mm-hmm. You know, he really went for the, uh, you know, the embodiment of the whole mysterious, you know, the cigarette smoking. Right. Or, you know, um, you know, like I said, the Latin lover type. But initially, the comic character was just him as kind of this ne'er-do-well. He'd, cu- he'd, he'd always succeed in his schemes. He was a very scheming type individual. Mm-hmm. But he was bumbling. Right. He, he wasn't suave or debonair at all. And so you look at the character, his creation, what he looks like. He looks like Louise Guzman. He does. Yeah. And so I started thinking, okay, it was actually John Aston that made him the Latin lover type. And so initially, he's not that. <laughs> and so everybody's saying he's supposed to be that he's supposed to be this. Spanish Latin lover, look at the name Gomez. It's like, well, no, because that wasn't his original name. He had no name. Right. And in fact, in Latin countries, he is translated as Homer mm-hmm. or Humberto Adams. Okay. Because Gomez is specifically a last name in Latin countries, not a first name. Hmm. And so everybody's wrong in this aspect. It's like he's not. he wasn't initially Spanish. His name wasn't Gomez, and he wasn't the Latin lover type. It wasn't until John Aston and Raul Julia took it over that they made him that. Right. And so when everybody's giving Luis Guzman crap about this portrayal, it's like, well, he's just portraying his take on it, which isn't wrong. I mean, if you look <laughs> at the original drawings, right. newspaper drawings of Gomez, that's right. That looks like Luis Guzman. It does. He's got this, you know, chunky build this mm-hmm. toe head looking <laughs> weirdo and so i think the casting is great it is 
And yeah. so everybody gives him crap about it. It's like, well, that's not who he was. Yeah. You know, he wasn't the Raul Julia type. Raul Julia was playing his version of what John Aston did. Mm-hmm. And John Aston just took the character into his own idea of what it should be, not from the original drawings. Yeah. So yep. I just found that interesting that everybody is going off in all kinds of directions and nobody is getting it right. Right. So it's like, just take it for what it is. Yeah. You know, and have you seen Wednesday? I have. It's like goth Harry Potter. It is. Yes, it is. And I'm not sure on the demographic. <laughs> it's like goth Harry Potter with a Twilight vibe. A little bit. A little I, bit. Yeah. I wasn't into it yeah. too much. Me neither. I wasn't overly impressed. I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, everybody rants and rants. It's like, yeah, she, she, uh, Jenna Ortega portrays it well. Sure. But it's, it's, it almost has that teenage acting quality that I'm, yeah not into yeah really yeah but anyway we're rambling because there's a segue this is the brothers ramble and i am andy i'm troy and today speaking of hot button topics yeah we're gonna talk disney disney's in the news right now yes it is for one reason it's because they've switched ceos they've gone back to Mr. Bob Iger, mm-hmm. and it kicked out Mr. Bob Chapek. <laughs> Do you know the reason? I heard it's mostly financial. It is. Okay. Um, Bob Chapek took the company and started nickel and diming everybody ah. at every turn. Right. I mean, every time he would release something or do something, the whole Genie, the whole Genie Plus thing, the reservation systems, it's almost like he turned into the lawyer from Jurassic Park. Right. Or it's like, because really, you could almost hear him saying, we can charge whatever we want, $2,000, $10,000 a day, and people will pay it. Yeah. And then there's the merchandise. That's exactly what he was there for. Right. And so the general public and everybody else was like, you know, this isn't something to cater only to the super rich, <laughs> which is exactly what it's made it out to be. Yeah. I mean, he's eliminated any possibility for the average middle, you know, middle class family to go to Disneyland for any length of time and enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, in order to park hop, I mean, you can only do one ticket for one park a day. Right. And if you do park hop, it's after like one or two in the afternoon. Cause then you can go over to the other park and then you have to have a reservation system where you're going to be standing in line. It's so ridiculous. Pay extra for a lightning lane or genie plus. And, and that's the only way you can sit, you know, live, you know, enjoy your day at Disneyland. Yeah. Is by spending more and more money. Yeah. Which is not Walt's original idea. You know, it was there for, as he said in, in his opening ceremony, you know, a place of joy, for, you know, for the entire world. He wanted families there. Mm-hmm. And and Chapek has decided, I don't want families here. And it's almost like he did everything he could to keep people out yeah. of the parks. But anyway, so with Iger back, we'll see how that goes. But... That's not what I want to talk about as far as Disney. Right. What I want to focus on is, as part of our continuing second week of animation, Mm -hmm. I have a very, very soft and and spot in my heart for Disney's animated feature films. So did I. So did you? (laughs) It's quickly hardening. (laughs) Yeah. And so... I'm specifically talking 
Walt Disney Animation Studios. Yeah. That focuses solely on their feature films. And with the, and this is another reason, they've recently released in the last couple of days their 61st animated feature film, which is Strange Worlds. Mm-hmm. And um, so starting back in the 30s, we have now have 61 films, and those are the ones I want to focus on today. Maybe okay. get an idea how you feel. I mean, obviously, I don't think we're going to get through all 61 of these films. No, no. But um, what, what were some of your thoughts on them? What do you remember about them? Did you like them? Did you not like them? What was memorable about it? What was, you know? Yeah. So, so here's the thing. Um, a few months back, I decided that I was going to watch every Disney animated film. Okay. Because there are some that I've never seen or some I haven't seen in 30 years. Right. Um, it was a harder process <laughs> than I thought it would be. <laughs> So, in a way, you were kind of blinded by nostalgia, do you think? Uh-huh. You're like, well, I, I remember this being better than what it is. Uh-huh. And so... Yes. Um, and so, that's why I said, did, because <laughs> this has been rough. <laughs> so, so let's, let's talk about why it was rough for a second. Um, before we get into the list proper... Yeah. What was it, as you were going through these, where you thought, this was not... What I thought this was going to be. They're boring. Coming into this. <laughs> they are boring. That is the number one thing. You think of Disney animated films, you think of, you know, a good story and good characters and... and memorable you know, songs. Yeah, memorable songs, adventure. Beautiful animation, yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. Nope. <laughs> Not in those first ones. They are dull. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Now... Disney animation specifically started back in around 1923, where they yeah. started doing shorts, right. animated shorts. But it wasn't until, I think, it was, yeah, December of 1937, where we first got Disney's first official full-length animated feature film, which mm-hmm. was Snow White, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> Not dwarves, dwarfs. Do you know why it was called dwarfs as mm. opposed to dwarves? No. Because they didn't want to insult those people who who had dwarfism. And so they took the FS as more as a fanciful fantasy character, like a Pegasus or a unicorn. How progressive of them. Aren't they? Yeah. And so <laughs> so they went with dwarfs as you know to not be insulting some more like the the fan yeah like you were saying like the fantasy or like a gimli or something that's right like like they were more like animated lawn gnomes right as opposed to you know actual people that had dwarfism Mm -hmm. you know these were just a group of seven lawn gnomes that lived out in the woods (laughs) and worked in a mine right you know the the mine working lawn gnomes so as so let's 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 jump into this as you watched snow white and the seven dwarfs what was the first what's your first thought did you here's the question do you like it i'm going to just blank it is it a watch it or is it a pass by it situation for you, you can pass by it really yeah it is again very dull and it <laughs> drags on there are segments that just drag like when the dwarves are out you know, preparing for dinner and washing up, washing their hands and their faces and stuff. Right. I swear that goes on for 45 minutes. I 
if I remember, I swear they go through two different songs in they that do. in that section. Two different songs in, in just their in entirety. That yes, in their entirety. Yeah, yeah. It is no, uh, and it just drags. And this is also because it's the first. This is the start of Disney's absolute hatred of stepmothers. Yes, Disney hates step parents. Yeah. With a passion. Yes. And they hate biological parents so much that they will kill them off. Yes. You will die if you're a parent in Disney, mm-hmm. or your kid will be ripped away and put in some sort of horrific trauma mm-hmm. or trial, and you got to try to, you know, i.e. Tangled, mm-hmm. um, Peter Pan, mm-hmm. you know, um, they, you know, just ripped away from their parents. Cinderella. Cinderella. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, just just the very beginning of the movie doesn't make any sense. You see Snow White, and she's in this like potato sack looking dress. You think she's like a peasant girl? No, she's she's a princess, right? And then she, so she sees this prince, and she freaks out and runs away for reasons. <laughs> and it just it just goes downhill from there. <laughs> but the 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 thing with me is. Why stepmom, how stepmom looks at herself and thinks of herself as this amazing, beautiful person mm-hmm. to the point where even her own stepdaughter, who is you know growing up to be beautiful, she is so angry and jealous about it that her one recourse yeah. is to have her murdered. Right. <laughs> That's what gets me. It's like, yeah. this is what's going to happen. Not, you know, just accept the fact that, oh, I have a beautiful stepdaughter. It's like, no, she has to die. There can't be anyone more beautiful than me. And not only that, she's going to hire someone to do it and then keep her heart in a box. <laughs> I mean, that is disturbing. And it here's is. the thing. So many people will say that Disney is, is specifically for kids. Think of that theme right now. Yeah. A murderous stepmother that wants to keep her daughter's heart in a box after it was cut out after she had a, her killed. Mm-hmm. And she keeps it just so she can be more beautiful. And she thinks that she has it. She like, thinks she has it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a pig's heart, but to her that's, her, that's the heart of her stepdaughter in this box. And she's happy with it. And she's, she's like, ha-ha. Yep. She's now, good with it. Now I'm happy. <laughs> I mean, that... Is that for kids? No, I don't think it is. And the other thing that doesn't make sense is in order... Okay, so that doesn't work. So, okay, here's what we're going to do now. Let's give her a poison apple. But the poison apple just kind of puts her into a, a, a fugue state, yeah, coma state. This... And so even then, if she were to go ask the mirror, you would say, <laughs> no, it's still Snow White. She's just unconscious. <laughs> it's not you. Yeah. I mean, she she goes from a murderous rampage like, well, now we'll just do the sleeping death. Yeah, you know, it's like we'll do, we'll just put her in a lifelong coma. Yeah, it's like she's still in the picture. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, I I agree. For for the only saving grace about this is that it is Disney's first animated film. Sure. And so if you're gonna watch it, keep that in mind because everything else. Yeah. The the thing that gets me is it's v- her voice, Snow White's voice is among the most irritating <laughs> animated voices yes. ever. Yes. Ever from 1937 until now. 
I can't think of one that ranks up there as the most grating, mm-hmm. high pitched, squealing, irritating so voice. So high pitched. Holy that, crap. And her singing is not all that great either. I, I don't care what you say. <laughs> it's just, it's not very good. All right. So I'd say we agree for that. If you're going to watch Disney films, that's probably a pass. If you have seen it already, there's no need to see it again. If you're a completionist, sure, watch it once, mark it off. That's what I did. You're good. There you go. Yep. So there we go. We're back in 1937. The next one they released, February of 1940, is Pinocchio. Mm -hmm. Now this one, it's another one that is not an original Disney property, just like Snow White. Snow White was a grim fairy tale. Yes. Pinocchio is, what is it, German-based? I think it's German. I, I, I don't know the history of Pinocchio, but I know the film. And this is another one that's confusing to me. Because this is another episode, or another cartoon, where Disney's hatred of parents being with kids comes into play. Mm-hmm. And it's only their second one. So let's take the kid, let's rip him away from his from his quote unquote parent and put him into a perilous situation. Well, and it was it was Geppetto's fault. Yes. The second day, he <laughs> the, the blue fairy brings Pinocchio to life. Right. The second day he's like, go to school. Bye. <laughs> go to school. Shoves him out the door. Without without teaching this kid, this is what you're going to expect. Yeah. This is where you're gonna go. And what gets me is that everyone in the town is fine with it. It's fine with it. Like, oh, look, it's a living wooden puppet. Okay, let's bring him into school with us. It's a freaky-looking li- living puppet boy. Yep. Wooden puppet boy. Here he is. Just wandering about the town. Like it's a normal thing. Yep. So. <laughs> Although they do have, like, actual, like, walking, talking foxes in this town, That's too. That's the other so. thing. They have giant anthropomorphic foxes and cats that mm-hmm. also seem to walk around that no an overly aggressively sexually active goldfish oh the fish oh that my fish gosh. was horny she wanted to get with everybody <laughs> yeah pinocchio the cat probably geppetto himself which would be a theme in these next few films <laughs> over sexualized characters <laughs> and so we're starting with uh what's her name cleo not cleo is it cleo cleo's the cat Cleo's the cat. What's the name of the fish? Or is or is I swear Cleo's the cat. I can't remember. I can't remember either. <laughs> but anyway, okay, so Pinocchio wanders off to school. He's basically kidnapped by a cat and a fox. Yes. And shoved into slavery. Into performance slavery mm-hmm. with Stromboli. I mean, just he's forced to perform, you know, just a song that he just barely learned, by the way, that somehow he just knows and how to dance to. Real quick, you're right. Cleo is the fish. Cleo's the fish. Figaro is the cat. Figaro. There you go. Yep. Yep, yep. I should remember that because Minnie in modern day actually has taken over Figaro as her cat. Oh, okay. Anyway. And so eventually, Pinocchio escapes Stromboli. Yes. And you think he's going to go back home, but he doesn't. Nope. Now he goes with the coachman and Lampwick off to Pleasure Island, which is also disturbing yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. 
that this grown man is just collecting small boys to take them somewhere and get them drunk and have them smoke. Mm -hmm. Which is what this is. And it's called Pleasure Island. Pleasure Island. Yeah. Gamble. Smoke. Just young kids. Mm -hmm. Young boys. Do whatever you want. Yeah. And here's alcohol. Yep. You know, so that's it's a disturbing theme. It's a disturb if you look at it, if you even give it a slight thought, yeah. it's it's disturbing. And Lampwick turning into a donkey <laughs> is scary. And that's the other thing, what I don't get. Why? I was it that's, the alcohol that turned him into a donkey? Was it the tobacco that turned him into a donkey? Was I mean, the I, fact that Jim like Jiminy Cricket says, go ahead and make an ass out of yourself? Or a jackass out of yourself. He says that in yeah, the film. In the like, film. Wow. Yep. Okay. And so he literally becomes a jackass. That's what happens. And then they send him off to work in the salt mines as donkeys. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's confusing. I think Disney was very, very confused in their storytelling at this point. I think they had <laughs> some sort of moral that they wanted to, wanted to do, but I don't know what it was. It's like, uh, go to school. That's what we're going with. Yeah. Go to school. Don't uh, drink or smoke. You turn into a donkey. And then and then you think it's over. No, 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 no. He gets swallowed up by a whale. Because poor Geppetto, like any parent would, goes out and looks for him. And I don't think it's ever explained how he ended up in the ocean getting swallowed so. by a whale. I don't think so. I don't think it is. No. Because the next thing you learn is that that's where he is. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was a parent, my first thought would not be, let's go out in the middle of the ocean and see if my child is there. <laughs> see if my kid was swallowed by a whale. <laughs> and so, and then he just resigns himself that that's where he's going to live. Because apparently you don't get digested inside whales. You just live there and you can... No, it's just a big open space, and you apparently. Can light fires, yeah. and, you know, and survive. And catch fish yeah. inside. Yeah. And so, so you have enough to eat as long as the whale is eating fish. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> And so, and this is the other thing. The Blue Fairy says, as long as you prove yourself, and she is this horribly moral judge all of a sudden. Yes. That decides who lives and who can be real. Absolutely. (laughs) As long as you prove yourself worthy unto the Blue Fairy, you too can be a real boy. (laughs) And so, I don't think he proved himself, you know, as she said, honest, true, you know, obedient. Pinocchio is a stone cold idiot. He is. He's a moron. He is, you know, dragged to anywhere that anybody says mm-hmm. to go. You know, so I don't think he proved himself, and I don't think he ever deserved to be a real boy. I don't think so. He had one accidental heroic feat by saving Geppetto, barely. And the only reason. I think in the end he became real boys because um, he almost, it kind of comes off as a sacrifice, but he really didn't sacrifice himself. Right. I mean, he is unconscious and Geppetto survived, but it could have just been the opposite, you know. And was there any worry? He's wooden. Was there any worry that he was going to die, quote unquote? He has no lungs. No. (laughs) If anything, he'll just grow moss. Yeah. You know, geez. (laughs) So, for me, Pinocchio, if you've seen it once... Same thing. You're good. Yep, you don't move have to see on. it again. Move on. And unfortunately, if you're going to move on, you're going to move on to Fantasia. Oh, man. 
Oh, man. I will admit, Fantasia, I have not seen start to finish because I fall asleep every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched it just a couple months ago. The whole thing? The whole thing. Wow. Start to finish, and it was difficult. <laughs> it was really difficult. And talk about the horny, over-sexualized characters. <laughs> the sexy romp of the centaurs. Holy <laughs> crap. I was uncomfortable <laughs> because they are nude. They're all nude, and and it's mating season. <laughs> that should be the name of the music that's playing, the sexy <laughs> romp of the centaurs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It is something else. And even, speaking of nudity, even the, the scene with the fairies, they're mm-hmm. actually nude, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... This is this is around the time where you can do that kind of thing in animation, mm-hmm. and, and you're not going to have a problem with it. But uh, yeah, Disney's for kids. Disney's for kids? Question mark. So so far, you've had a murderous stepmother. You've had you know uh, kidnapping and child slavery and horny fish and horny fish, and now you have naked centaurs at mating season, and just. And this is all for kids, yeah. apparently. You know, and one there. centaur finds the other one, and they're like, hey, all right, let's do this. <laughs> and so the cherubs have to block what's happening <laughs> with, like, you know, a, a, a rows of, like, leaves and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, oh man. <laughs> I will say, I fall asleep almost right from the get-go and wake up to see Chernabog in the mountain. Yeah. And that's it. That, that's really all I remember. That's really the only redeeming quality of that film. And Mickey, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Sorcerer's Apprentice is also on there. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Everything else is boring as sin. There's the, uh, and the only thing I can remember from that is the uh, alligator and hippo dance. Yes. And, and I can't even remember what music is with that. Basically, it's Disney animators having free reign with, a, uh, with some music saying, animate what you see. With this music. Which is a trend they would continue on. They would. Um, yeah. It, <laughs> so Fantasia is, is relatively boring. R- very boring. <laughs> relatively very boring. <laughs> there, I would say, even if you're going through the Disney films, avoid it. Yes. Because you're not missing anything. You're not. There is absolutely nothing where you're like, oh, shoot, I wish I would have seen that. Yeah. Unless you're into centaurs. And have at it. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. And then they would try Fantasia two back in two thousand. Fantasia two thousand. Like, yeah. But why though? But we probably won't get to that one today, and that's fine because that's the same situation. I haven't seen it, but it's just we'll as, see what happens. It's just as boring. Yeah. And so anyway, so you move on, Fanta. So we're still in nineteen forty. So two films in nineteen forty: Pinocchio and Fantasia. Mm-hmm. So Disney's on a winning streak. But, in a way, they actually are. Because at this time, um, promotion and everything for it was that the Disney magic is alive and well. Everybody is thoroughly enjoying the stuff. Well, Disney won an Oscar for Snow White. That's right. Yeah, they were on a roll. And so, the next one they release in 1941 is Dumbo. Dumbo. And here's the thing. This film is touted as a flying elephant. Yeah. Dumbo does not fly until the last five minutes mm-hmm. of the film. 
I didn't realize how short this movie was. It, it is. is like I was watching it and it all of a sudden it was done. I'm like, it's been like 15 minutes. Yeah, it is a really short film. Yeah, there's not much to it. Um, and again, keeping with Disney's uh, tradition so far of violent and abusive, you know, mm-hmm. types of <laughs> types of storytelling. This is an abusive circus that is treating their animals and people like garbage. So just a circus. So just a circus, yeah. you know. <laughs> and so and so you have these clowns that are out and out trying to kill an elephant. Yeah. By shoving him off of high dive level yeah, buildings that are on fire, by the way, real fire, mm-hmm. and trying to make him, you know, just trying to see if he survives. Because that's what they think. Let you know, in when they're getting drunk, let's you know, when the clowns are getting drunk <laughs> after the performance, yeah, they're saying, Let's put it this high, let's put it this high, yeah. let's put it this high. Say, Oh, be careful, you might hurt the little fella. It's like, Ah, they don't feel anything, yeah, elephants don't feel any pain. You know, it's like, Okay, yeah, and that was right before Dumbo himself got drunk, and he's just a baby, by With the way, Timothy Q Mouse. <laughs> Q? J. 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 Timothy J. Mouse. Timothy J. Mouse. Yeah. And so, and Dumbo's just a little kid. And so he immediately gets drunk. Mm-hmm. Timothy gets drunk. They go into the psychedelic pink elephant series, you know, scene. Yeah. And they're just wasted out of their minds. Next thing you know, they're in a tree with a bunch of stereotypical blackbirds. Yeah. And. We, we we could get into what would you know Disney's racial tendencies. One of the birds' name was Jim Crow. It was that was his name, and he was taught by a white guy. Yeah, while the other crows they were actually taught by black actors, but Jim Crow, <laughs> the head blackbird, yeah. was taught by ironically enough a white guy. <laughs> yeah, doing an impression of a of an African American oh, accent. It's <laughs> all bad. It's all bad. <laughs> and so, yeah. And then those birds basically try to kill Dumbo too. Mm-hmm. Because they don't know if this elephant can fly. But they give him a feather and then try to shove him off a cliff. Yep. And so, again, this is a baby elephant. Yeah. So you've actively had clowns try to murder it. Now you're having crows try to murder it. He's seen his mom get locked up. That's right. Just because of an... Ab- <laughs> A horrible brat that comes in and blows into an elephant's ear, mm-hmm. you know, and so the, uh, you know, Mrs. Jumbo smacks the crap out of him yeah. with, with her trunk, and so she gets locked away for being a mother, <laughs> a protective mother, and so, and then everybody else tries to murder her baby, but uh, at the end, he can fly, and so now everybody likes him, and he gets his own coach, but he stays with the circus. Stays with the circus. Well, that's the, what you do in abusive relationships. You stay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody says, get out. You stay. You stay. You stay. Because that's where you feel accepted. And now he's accepted. Now he's the star. Sure. And so, you know, now he's now he's making money, so everybody treats him a whole mm. lot better. Until don't. he gets older and probably too heavy to fly. And then, you know, who knows what happens in the future. Yeah, but, don't know what the moral is there. <laughs> I have no idea. And so, and why isn't, speaking of Dumbo, why isn't 
Timothy J. Malice a bigger character? Why don't we ever see him anywhere? I don't know. You know what's funny is that he's more of a conscience to Dumbo than Jiminy Cricket was to Pinocchio. Jiminy Cricket sucks as a conscience. But Timothy, he actually, he's the one that whispers climax yeah. into the ringmaster's ear. An awkward scene, <laughs> but yeah. Oh my gosh. If you watch that scene, think of it like this, all right? You have a sleeping man, and in his ear, you have somebody whispering, you're getting that climax. <laughs> you are now getting that climax. And while he's sleeping, he's rolling around saying, oh, oh Dumbo, Dumbo. It's like, yeah. And who is that climax? You're like, what is happening? And again, it's it's Disney's early version of over-sexualizing their animation. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. You know, Disney's original animators were called the Nine Old Men. Mm-hmm. It's the Nine Horny Old Men because that's what all this is yeah. up to this point. Oh, yeah. So watch that scene again and be uncomfortable because that's what it is. Be uncomfortable with that that whole film. It is. It's uncomfortable. It is. You have people trying to murder a baby elephant and a mouse trying to get a a ringmaster off because that's exactly (laughs) what's happening here. And so (laughs) that was a sentence you just said. (laughs) And so if you've seen Dumbo, good for you. I don't see a reason to watch it again. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this, is, this is another one where you skip. And so, speaking of... Well, I won't say skipping. But this one, I'd say Disney hits the brakes as far as entertainment is concerned. Because you come into Bambi. Mm, Bambi yeah. in 1942. This is one of the ones, apart from Fantasia, where I was just bored. Yes, same same. Um, the best part about that, because it's separated into, into a couple parts. You have young Bambi, then you have older Bambi. Young Bambi, the most interesting thing there is Thumper. Yes. He's actually entertaining. Yes. Um, and that's saying something in this film. <laughs> Something's actually entertaining. But then his mom dies. We all know that. Um, spoilers. Sorry. Uh, his mom gets shot. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say if you haven't seen it since 1942, yeah. you're probably due for a spoiler. Yeah. Because yeah. you already may have forgot you even ever saw it. <laughs> um, but one thing I didn't... Uh, they kept calling Bambi the young prince. Yes. Why? Is his dad the king? Is his dad the king of the forest? He is. Mm. He's that great big buck. Yeah. That is the king of the forest that apparently just sleeps with all the does oh, yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he is the sire of of this this great buck. They they treat him like he's the messiah <laughs> when he shows up. Like everybody comes and sees. He is. What what I find hilarious is that his his uh kingly father mm-hmm. does not have a stronger presence in this film. No. You know, as as important as he's supposed to be. He's a very absentee father. He is. Yeah. He does what he has to do as an animal and then vanishes. Yep. <laughs> then takes off. The One of the main scenes that I remember is the pheasant that's freaking out when the hunters are around. Yeah. And, and you can almost imagine that that's how real pheasants react. Because if you've ever been pheasant hunting, 
what you're doing is creeping until you come to an area where pheasant, then you scare them mm-hmm. out from where they are so they'll fly. Right. And so to see that scene, you're thinking, that's all, I'm pretty sure that's what pheasant, if they could think, that's exactly what they're saying. Mm-hmm. It's like, I got to fly. I, I, and they're like, don't, don't. Yeah. And it's tense. Yeah. It's actually tense. You're like, oh, please don't. <laughs> and then she does, and what happens? She gets shot. Blown away. Yep. And so, and then Bambi's mother also gets blown away. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And here we go again. We're into over-sexualizing Disney's animated characters. Oh, it's mating season. It's mating season. Yep. And so it's everybody. Yep. Everybody is Twitter pated, as it were. <laughs> I mean, you got. I mean, people give Nala in Lion King crap for for the way she looks at Simba mm-hmm. when they're about to do the deed. And but, look at that female rabbit. Oh yeah, Thumper's little mate. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Not only does she have the look, she has the build. <laughs> That's right. She's like Marilyn Monroe of rabbits. Yes. And so, man. <laughs> yeah and you got squirrels doing it you got birds doing it you got rabbits doing it skunks. of course the skunks doing it even flower gets it yep you know yep and and you think bambi's going to but who shows up the main i guess you can call him antagonist of the film you remember his name i don't remember that that deer's name his no. rival Mm-mm. rano rano <laughs> rano the rano. deer Right, right, right. <laughs> of all names, yeah, it's Rano, and so <laughs> so keep that in your back pocket. Next time you have Disney trivia night, ask who the main antagonist, apart from the human hunters, mm-hmm. who the main antagonist of Bambi is, and see if people can remember yeah. Rano. Rano. So Rano. For some reason, the forest catches fire, and everybody's got to flee. And there's there's not much of a moral to this story really there's not much of a story to this story there isn't no it it's it's the life and death cycle of deer is really all it is <laughs> yeah you know but it, it's not very memorable up to this point you you tend to have a few memorable songs mm-hmm. in disney animated films can you name me one out of bambi Mm. I know one only because i hear it on my disney collections is it that flower song the, the the April April showers April showers yes 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 that's it I think that might be the only one I think I don't know I don't I but, don't remember and the only other entertaining thing about that is the owl yes and that, the owl is good because he's funny he's yeah. funny do you have any other thoughts on Bambi before we move on <laughs> <sighs> um you know. It, it's weird because people treat Bambi like it's this great, you know, cinematic masterpiece of, of Disney and same with Dumbo. And it's like, go back and watch them. <laughs> I'm betting, like me, you hadn't seen Bambi since you were a child. Right. Because that was the last time I watched Bambi. Yeah. And watch it now through adult eyes and you will see those this film... In a completely different light. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It will make you uncomfortable. And Dumbo <laughs> will make you uncomfortable. If it didn't already, with what we just said about it, mm-hmm. will, in fact, make you very uncomfortable watching Dumbo now. 
Um, the only other memorable thing about Bambi is not Bambi related, but what Animaniacs did with Bambi. <laughs> Bumby? With Bumby. <laughs> Bumby's mother is. <laughs> oh, go watch him. Go watch that Animaniacs episode with Bumby. That's that's a funny one. That's a good one. But uh Okay. So we come into this section in the 40s with Disney where we hit a package deal. Mm-hmm. The next five quote-unquote feature-length animated features are segments of stories put together yes. and, and distributed as a feature film. Yes. And you start with one that is called Saludos Amigos. Saludos Amigos. <laughs> Which means... Hi, friends. Hi, friends. Yeah. Now, I, I I know the reason why behind... What, what the reason is behind all this. Okay. At this time, there were a lot of Disney's production staff that got drafted into World War II. Mm. So they did not have the resources necessary to make full-length animated films. Oh, so what they could okay. make are these little segmented films kind of packaged together. And, specifically with Saludos Amigos, the Saludos Latin... Amigos! <laughs> you hear that song about 87 times in that film. One of the reasons this film was made is that Disney took upon himself, Walt Disney took yeah. upon himself to try to separate the Latin American um, government's ties with Nazi Germany. Mm. Because they were very sympathetic with what Nazi Germany was. And so Disney took it upon himself to say, oh, hi, friends. <laughs> we're, let, let's side with, with America. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Here, here's, a, here's a little kind of a love letter to the, the South American countries. Yeah. And it's called Hi Friends. Right, right. And so right. because and it was specifically because of the Latin American um country's leanings toward what Nazi Germany was doing. Right. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so Disney took it upon himself to try to, to try to what sway them to the American side the American and ally side in World War II. <laughs> and so that's why they made Hi Friends with Saludos Amigos. And its sequel, The Three Caballeros, which is, by the way, Disney's first official sequel. Now, before that, though, yes, um, they had uh, Victory Through Air Power, right? Which, which is which is a Disney short, which is yeah, it's it's about an hour, it's about an hour long. It's it's uh, um, World War Two propaganda. Right. About how we're going to win the war through air power and through planes. <laughs> through this, this magical new invention known as planes. Which at that point had only been around for 40 years. That's insane. That was so funny. <laughs> but yeah, they go through the history of airplanes and how, you know, uh, World War One, how they would have these handheld grenades that they would drop... And how all this is now built up to now how we have these massive planes and and we're going to go over to Japan and basically blow them off the map is essentially what they say. <laughs> Victory through air power. Victory through air power. Now, was this released 
in theaters or was this I think like it was. before or specifically just to hurrah hurrah let's win world war ii um because up until i will admit up until you mentioned this film i had never heard of it yeah me neither and so <laughs> i mean it's on a list of theatrically released movies right so maybe it was like cut up into shorts before films or yeah. something i don't know it it seems like it's one that was released by disney animated studios but not officially in their quote-unquote canon that could be theatrical that could be and maybe they just showed them at like yeah camps because i i know according to to their own list it doesn't fall into the the 60 right the main 60 that they say but i really want to see it just to experience you need to a full-on propaganda film made yeah. by Disney. So, <laughs> and there and there. Speaking of that, there was another one between Fantasia and Dumbo, okay, called The Reluctant Dragon. The Reluctant Dragon, which was that one, that one I have seen. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the the basically a guy trying to sell this story to Walt Disney, right? And his wife says, "Well, just go do it because that's what you can do. Oh, just yeah. walk onto the Disney lot and go talk to Walt Disney. Oh, absolutely, easy enough. I have a story for you. Here you go. Here you go. Make this. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, because <laughs> that's always been that easy. Simple. So, yep. And so then we get into, like I said, the Three Caballeros, which yeah. is uh, Disney's first sequel um, to Saludos Amigos, mm-hmm. which is just further love letters to. Look how great Latin America is. Isn't it amazing? Isn't, isn't, look at this strange culture. And Latin so America. it's all focused on Donald Duck yes. and um, his friends, Jose Carioca, the cigar-chumping parrot, yeah. and his little red rooster buddy that they meet, Panchito Pistoles. <laughs> the, Panchito Pistoles. The pistol-packing rooster great. of South America. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> because guns and cigars, that's what we want to push for kids. You bet. With birds. Smoking again, murderous birds. Disney for kids? Disney for kids. Mm, yep. Okay. Guns and cigars. Which, by the way, um, in the Three Caballeros, you you, re, you meet the... Uh, what's his... It's this crazy red bird. The Aranoco bird. I don't know. But he oh, keeps, yeah. He keeps stealing Pete's cigar yes. all the time. But again, because smoking is cool. Smoking is cool. It is. If you learn anything from that movie, it's smoking and guns are cool. I mean, I mean look at that. Look at that. Pete is just awesome. I mean, he's he's got a cane. <laughs> he's got a top. You know, he's got a little straw hat. He's smoking a cigar. Just the epitome of Latin cool. Yep. Right there. Very cool. And so, and then you get Panchito with his big sombrero and his pistols. And uh, that's that's also cool. <laughs> so. <laughs> So light up your cigars and pack your weapons, and here we go. Also remember that you have um, uh, Aurora Miranda in that film. Brazilian singer Aurora Miranda. There you go. Because I think that's one of the first where uh, I think they did a little bit in Fantasia where it's kind of live action intermixed with animation. Yeah. Which, which I find interesting that it's still in the canon of animated features, but it also incorporates yeah. a little bit of live action into it so then you hit two now we're up to 1946 with a little film called make mine music mm-hmm. <laughs> now i know you have recently watched this one i watched it yesterday two days ago and what do you remember what is the most memorable part of this this <clears throat> is 
I think this one is broken up into 10 individual segments, correct? It is. Okay. It is. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Did you? It's like Fantasia, but entertaining. <laughs> um, because that's what it is. It's just musical segments set to stories. Right. Um, now, you can't find this on Disney+. Plus. I had to watch this from a, a bootleg <laughs> Japanese laser disc from 1985. Which is hilarious. That I me. found. <laughs> um, but... The ones that really stuck out to me, the very first one really had the two feuding uh, families. Basically like the Hatfields and McCoys. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the ones with the teenagers. Um, Where they were dancing? Mm-hmm. Speaking of over-sexualization, <laughs> that, that girl teen, she <laughs> hops in the shower, undresses, hops in the shower, jumps out... And there's a brief frame there where she's basically nude before she grabs her towel. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so that one was memorable. Oh, yeah. Um, what, what, was another, what was another memorable? Peter and the Wolf. Casey at the Bat. K- and Casey at the Bat. Yes. I remember this one specifically for Casey at the Bat because I actually, I, I really like that poem and I like the way they did it. And mm-hmm. so anytime I read Casey at the Bat... I'm seeing Disney's version. Right. I mean, for me, it's it's because I don't think they've redone it. I don't think anybody has done Casey of the Bat. I don't think so. Apart from Disney yeah. for that for that one time. So. so so the segments are the Martins and the Coys. Okay, so there's the feuding. The Blue Bayou, which was actually fairly boring. Um, it was just going through this bayou of Louisiana with music. And they did say that one is originally it was originally intended for Fantasia. Okay, that makes sense because it was boring. <laughs> um, all the cats join in. I think I was right. on with the teens, the hip cat teens of the 1940s. <laughs> all right, hip cats. <laughs> um, without you, uh, Casey the Bat, two silhouettes, Peter and the Wolf. After you've gone, Johnny Fedora and Alice Blue Bonnet. That one I like. Yes, I like that one too. <laughs> just because of the name Johnny Fedora. Yeah. That's got to be everybody's gangster name from here on out yeah. because that is one of the coolest names they could have ever come across. But it is actually literally about a hat. Yeah. A real fedora. Yeah. And a blue bonnet. Mm-hmm. I mean that's I mean it's not a person. They are it's about romantically entwined hats is yeah. what that is. And now it a sexy hat. There we go. Oversexualizing clothing now is yep. what we're doing. Yep. Yep. And then uh, the very last one is uh, the whale who wanted to sing at the Met. That's unfortunate. The opera singing whale. This is an unfortunate um, segment. It's dark. It is dark. Yeah. Because, and again, spoilers moving forward here, the whale dies. Yeah, the, the whale, whale gets harpooned. Gets harpooned. And so never really gets to sing. Yeah, at the Met, <laughs> because this great <laughs> opera producer hears about this, you know, opera singer singing in the ocean, so he thinks that the opera singer is actually swallowed by this whale, because that's how <laughs> anatomy and physics work. That's right. And is singing, and and so he wants to kill the whale to get the opera singer out. Nice. That's that's the plot of that. Well, that's awesome. And so what Disney does there at the end is that the narrator tries to soften the blow of your murdered whale mm-hmm. by saying that he now sings in heaven. Yeah. And so he does get his chance to sing. He's dead. Oh, he, yeah. He's dead. He yeah. dead. He dead. <laughs> that whale dead. <laughs> what matter with you? I tell you, he dead. 
<laughs> so. Yeah, but I I thoroughly liked um, Make My Music. So what it sounds like is just more a contemporary version of what Fantasia mm-hmm. was hoping to be. Yes. <laughs> but entertaining. Interesting and entertaining. Right. And so then you come on to a little film called Fun and Fancy Free. Now, have you seen this one? I just watched it this morning. Okay. Just this morning? Just this morning. Nice. Before I came over. And this one is... Um, now, what... What what is this one about? What does what does this one have? Since you just barely watched it, well, because I haven't. Oh, okay. These are the two. These are two have Bongo and Mickey and the Beanstalk. Yes. Okay. And um, Edgar Bergen and his Edgar Bergen puppets. Yeah. Now Edgar Bergen. Just a quick side note: is a horrible ventriloquist. He sucks. He's he's no good. Now, I was watching him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, isn't the point of ventriloquism for your lips not to move? Because he's basically just talking. He is. He is. He does not make an effort to try to not move his lips. Not at all. He's just talking Charlie McCarthy like mm-hmm. I'm talking now. Yep. And and so let's just turn the camera to focus on the puppet because he's no good at yeah. ventriloquism. Yeah. <laughs> and Can his it? other puppet, Mortimer. Mortimer Snurd. Sneed Snurd. I think it's Snurd. The, the proper two. one. That's right. Yeah. So, um and so there are two there are two stories here. Yes. There's Bongo. Yes. The story of a circus bear that is again being a, basically abused in the circus and he, and he wants to escape circus life mm-hmm. and go live in the forest. Yeah, he's not as abused as Dumbo is. People actually seem to like Bongo. Uh he actually seems fairly happy, but he keeps getting this the call of the wild. Call of the wild. Yeah. Um, and so he does eventually break out and finds this group of bears eventually. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, now, he has a hard time, from what I remember, he has a hard time sleeping. He does. Because of all the sounds yeah, that go on yeah, around yeah, yeah. He has a hard time finding food because, you know, he's a circus bear. Yeah. That, you know. Continues to wear his circus outfit throughout the... <laughs> For some reason. You know. And keeps his unicycle. Keeps his unicycle. <laughs> And then he it, then he's he's found by a, by a female bear, oversexualized female bear. That's right. That yeah. helps him find food or mm-hmm. catch a fish. That's right. And so <laughs> then he, then then he has to fight the rival. That's right. Um, Lockjaw, I think is this bear's name. And he gets slapped <laughs> by the female, and he thinks, you know, what I do? This was how how could you like? Lumpjaw. Yeah. Is that his name? Lumpjaw. Lumpjaw. I thought yeah. it was Lockjaw. So Lumpjaw gets slapped by the female bear mm-hmm. because of, of his the way he's acting toward Bongo, right? Right. And so he's like, no, 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 back away, and slaps him. And then, because of the violence, he falls in love with her. Right. Because of the violence, he now wants her. Right. He had no interest up till that point. But mm-hmm. now that she slapped him, and that's the way you show love... That's how bears show love. That's yes. how bears show love, and so because of that, all the other bears start slapping too mm-hmm. to show love. In this big, in this slapping scene, in this big slapping group, yeah, with one female uh-huh. to show love, uh-huh. they all start slapping. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <That's- laughs> 
So, so uncomfortable. I've been so uncomfortable watching all of these. And so eventually, I what was her name? Lulu, Lulu Bell, Lulu Bell the mm-hmm. bear. Um, eventually just makes her way out of the slapping group and and ends up with Bongo. Yes, right. Once so, Bongo realizes, oh, slapping means love. Right. Then he decides to go back. Okay. Ends up beating his rival um, with his unicycle. Aren't they on a cliff of some sort? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it for a while, but yeah, they end up on a cliff. Oh, of course they yeah. do. Now, does does Lumpjaw die from the cliff, or does he just get no shoved he, off and he just, lives? Okay, because he and Bongo fall off the cliff. Okay, and they're kind of fighting midair. Okay, uh, but no, yeah, he lives from I I think. I'm oh, well, good, sure. good. Which is a weird from for Disney, but Up yeah, to he this lives. Point that yeah. something actually lives from mm-hmm. a cliff fall. So, well, that's good. That See, it's a happy ending. It is. So, And then we get into the second segment with Mickey and the Beanstalk. Now, this is notable for one reason. Well, a couple reasons. Um, it's, it's one of the first ones that's really focused on Mickey Mouse as a character, like a full feature film that actually yeah. has Mickey as a main character. I mean, you saw him in Sorcerer's Apprentice and Fantasia. Mm-hmm. And so now you have the classic three with Mickey, Donald and Goofy in the, you know, role of Mickey and the Beanstalk. And this is the last time that Walt Disney does Mickey's voice. Oh, really? In this okay. film. This is the last one that he actually does. So, um, yeah, this is, this, it's a lot more entertaining than Bongo. Um, <laughs> the bear who wasn't a bear was a bear. <laughs> Um, just the man in a fuzzy sweater. That's 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 a deep inside joke there. Um, but yeah, it was it was really entertaining. Uh, Donald is really funny. Donald goes crazy in this because he's Doesn't so it? hungry. Yeah, that, that you get that cr- those that crazy Donald look, and he grabs an axe and he's heading out there to kill the cow that they have. Yeah, he goes insane. It's really funny. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, that that segment, that story is actually really entertaining. Unfortunately, they keep throwing in Edgar Bergen and his puppets throughout the story. And he's telling the story to little kids, right? Yeah. Okay. And to the puppets. The puppets are sitting on the couch talking to the the children. Now, what I do remember is at the end of this that Willie the Giant, who would come to be known as Willie the Giant, actually ends up at the house at the end of this, Mm -hmm. right? And like opens the ceiling. I, I yes okay yes and then as he's walking away he walks past the brown derby as you do and he takes the hat from right. the brown derby and, yes. and wears it yeah, as he walks yeah, away yeah. okay yeah <laughs> so and so again I we, we haven't really touched on this would this be a section of movies you'd watch again no none of them no you don't think <laughs> big emphatic no <laughs> not even Mickey and the Beanstalk no no You've seen it once, and so you're good. Yep, I'm good. Okay. okay. Um, these are, like I said, these have all been very difficult to get through. <laughs> and 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 here's the last. This is the last one in this group of five segmented World War II 1940s films. And this one is called Melody Time. Um, have you seen it? Because the only thing... Memorable for me for this is Johnny Appleseed. I have, I 
don't think I have. I may have a long time ago, but that's the next one on the list, so I haven't seen it yet. This one has the only two I remember is Johnny Appleseed and Pecos Bill. Okay. The telling of those two stories. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember them all that much. Because mm. it's, it's again, it's right in that section of Disney films that are very, very forgettable. Right. And so, no, I don't. I don't remember a whole lot of that. So if anybody listening has seen Melody Time and you have fond memories of it, let us know because I don't believe you do. <laughs> I don't believe you have fond <laughs> memories of any of these movies we've talked about, to be perfectly honest. I mean, you might have nostalgia for yes. things like Fantasia, Pinocchio, Dumbo, and Snow White. Sure. But again, I don't think you can thoroughly enjoy those nowadays Mm-mm. to where you sit down like, oh, this is great. Let's all sit down as a, as a family and watch Bambi. Yeah. Or Fantasia. Yeah. Gather around, kids. We'll watch the story of Bongo. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> nobody says that. We're going to sit down and watch Victory Through Air Power. Mm. Oh, boy. And so that was 1948. Yes. Okay. Now, this next one, finally, Disney starts upping their game a little bit more. And it becomes a little more entertaining. Because the next film in the in this pantheon <laughs> is The Adventures of Ichabod mm-hmm. and, and Mr. Toad. Mm-hmm. So The Wind in the Willows and The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Yes. Now, I love both of these. I think they're fantastic. The I, Legend of Sleepy Hollow, I just watched uh, for Halloween. Okay. I didn't watch Mr. Toad. Yeah. I will once I get to it, but I just wanted to watch that segment. Right. Uh, yeah, it's it's really good. I forgot that it was Bing Crosby. Yep. I mean, he's the only voice in it. Yep. He narrates the whole thing. He sings all the songs. Um, and it is it's thoroughly entertaining. It's it's a Halloween classic, really. Yeah. I mean, if you're not watching Disney's Trick or Treat, then you're watching Disney's, you know, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the two that you will always watch if you're a Disney fan on Halloween. Even though, really, it doesn't get, like, scary until really, like, the last three minutes. It's true. Or maybe in five minutes. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it can get a little tense as he's trying to, you know, as he's going home from the, mm-hmm. from the dance, you know. And uh, he starts hearing all the sounds. But that first appearance of Headless Horseman is fantastic. It's great. Yeah. I love that. I, I love that, uh, that whole scene. The whole scene with the Headless Horseman is fantastic. Um. There and, was one we missed, which is Song of the South. Yeah. Which is between Make Mine Music and Fun and Fancy Free. Yeah. But, I mean, okay, well, I can't find that one anywhere. No. And you won't. No, you won't. In the U.S. I, I, at Fanex, just this last year, I did find a bootleg copy, <laughs> and I'm kicking myself that I didn't buy it. Because <laughs> it was only like six bucks. <laughs> Now, now here's my thoughts. Now, I have seen Song of the South. I've seen it a couple times, and I don't. I think they've taken it down from YouTube since. But that's where I actually saw it. I saw it in in segments, right? But I actually eventually saw the whole film. Now, a lot of people give this film crap for being overtly racist, mm-hmm. and there is one scene that you may consider to be racist or racially insensitive. Mm-hmm. But not for the reason that you think. And it's not because of Uncle Remus. Uncle Remus, the actor, actually won an Oscar for this film. Right. And so 
as you're watching the film, he's not a slave. He's not living on a plantation. I he's, think that's what people think. And that's the thing. He's just a friendly storyteller. Right. That's, you know, telling the story of Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox and Bear to these kids. Right. That's all it is. He's not a slave. He's a, he's a free guy. You know, he just interacts with animated characters mm-hmm. is all it is. The one part where it gets a little racial is when Br'er Fox sets a trap for Br'er Rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. And the way he does this is he gets a mound of tar and dresses it up as a child. Mm-hmm. And it's referred to as a tar baby. Yeah. And that's hard for me to say. It's hard for me to say that. Yeah. Because of how that's, you know, what what that is actually in reference to. Yeah. Now, now that... That's hard. Mm-hmm. That's hard to get past. But once you do, if you get past that section, the rest of it is is pretty. It's tame. It's just the adventure of a rabbit trying to escape a fox. That's yeah. really all it is. He's leaving home um, to try to see what's out there in the big world, and he, he gets, uh, you know, try to get trapped by a fox and a bear. That's all it is. Um, but I will say it's really irritating. It's irritating because the fox, rabbit, and bear talk so fast, mm-hmm. except for the bear. Well, I won't say the bear, but the f- Br'er, f- Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox talk so fast and with a heavy accent mm-hmm. that you can't understand what they're saying. Right. Now, I'll give you my best impression of Br'er Fox. Okay. This is what he sounds like. Right now! That's what it sounds like. The whole movie. <laughs> That's what he said. We're going to get you bear rabbit. <laughs> you bear right now. That's all it is. And it's the whole thing is like that. And it is so irritating. Right. And so if you can get past the, the slight racial overtone and, and that aspect of it, then it's you know it is what it is. But okay, that's it. That that's the whole that's the whole movie. That's all it is. So, well, <laughs> here's what I say we do. All right, let's put a pin in this list for now. Let's put a pin in it because <laughs> we've gone over an hour. Right. Then let's in a few weeks, months, or whatever when right. when I've watched more of these. Let's yeah. come back and we'll continue on. It's fair enough. Okay, because we are about to get into. I'd say what most people know as the Disney classics. Yes. We are about to get into things like Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, Cinderella. Yeah. I mean, these these are all the Sleeping Beauty. These are the movies you know. Up until this point, these are the movies that you either didn't know or you don't like or you don't care about. <laughs> I mean, this was Disney trying to find their footing. Yeah. You know, figuring out storytelling. And... um I was going to say one last thing really quick. Um, another thing with Saludos Amigos. The other thing it's known for is it was the first Disney feature film that was an original property. Oh, okay. Because those first five films were all retellings, right. including Fantasia, because of all the stories and the music. Right. They were all retellings of other already existing properties. So, Okay. That's what it's known for. So... So there it is. And there we only is. made it out of 61, made it to 11. And so, 
yeah we'll, we'll we'll continue on we will continue on if that's something that you're interested in and that's something you want to hear yeah. let us know and we will continue on through this but until then like you said we'll put a pin in this which is a disney line you remember what movie that from what movie is that from we'll put a pin in it let's put a pin in it is it meet the robinsons bolt bolt okay so it's another disney misstep okay yeah <laughs> um one thing i forgot to do was talk about uh everybody's comments on their favorite disney movie okay so really quick before we yeah. wrap up here sure um katie's favorite disney movie she says probably pocahontas really yeah wow i don't hear that often from people tell you what katie i have i have thoughts on that mm. i do as well <laughs> um your good lady wife said um uh well she said land before time movies but those aren't disney no 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 i think she may have commented under the disney thing but i think it was more like a your favorite cartoons right kind of right thing. because that's all don bluth yeah so, um those 14 or 15 movies whatever it was yeah, no. yeah. uh Cher said sleeping beauty is her favorite i can appreciate that uh and then emily said oliver and company <laughs> oliver and company. oliver and company her favorite uh-huh. is which oliver and company. she says is very underrated emily let me say this having watched it recently it's it's perfectly rated right where it is. Not under or over. <laughs> Look, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of Billy Joel. Sure. Believe me. And and uh, Street Savoir Fair is a great song, yes. I guess. But it's 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 a retelling of Oliver Twist yeah. and it's just watch Oliver Twist in my opinion. <laughs> I mean it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But <laughs> All I'm saying is you're the first person I think I've ever heard of that said Oliver and Company is your favorite Disney film. I remember that film because it, it's it's one of the first ones I remember seeing with Dad. Right. It was Oliver and Company. Um, and then Ashton, uh, she actually popped up after we recorded the last episode. So I'll say that her favorite cartoons, she says, I love Animaniacs and Rugrats. Oh, Rugrats. Yeah, yeah. We, didn't, we didn't talk about Rugrats. That's another one that's hard for me because they're lumpy. They are lumpy. Weird looking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did like their movie. Their movie was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Rugrats the movie. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, and then for Disney, she says, The Lion King is my favorite, but I also love the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. That's interesting. Our family has some weird picks <laughs> for favorite Disney films. I'm assuming that's the original... I, I yeah because they also have another one that's also included in these sixty, which is the Adventures of Winnie the Pooh or mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh, but it's more, it's it's a modern Winnie the Pooh because it has Craig Ferguson talking the owl right. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's uh, you know the blustery day mm-hmm. and Wednesday and and all that. So yeah. okay, that's interesting. So yeah, there you go. You got some interesting picks there, fam. Yes, we do. Wow, <laughs> and we haven't even mentioned what ours are. I mean, I think we'll eventually get to that. But uh, my absolute, I can tell you right now, okay. my absolute favorite Disney animated film is Robin Hood. Okay. Robin Hood. Absolutely love Robin Because I think that fox in that outfit is probably one of the coolest characters I've mm-hmm. ever seen. He's just cool looking. He's really cool looking. 
Plus, I love green, so there's that. Um, I would probably see if I had to. I haven't given this a lot of thought. Probably Aladdin. Really, would probably be my favorite because yeah. I remember when you were younger that one of your favorite was just like they said, the Lion King. You used to love the Lion King. I don't remember ever loving the Lion King. Yep. Really. If I did, it was very brief because yeah. the nieces drove me away from the Lion King. I think it was shortly after it came out. That could be. You know, and that just, yeah, I think that's what it was. But but over the years, it, it, it'll probably <laughs> they be, drove you away they drove from me it. away from it. Because of watching it consistently? Yes. Or? Oh, yes. okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I would say Aladdin. When it all shakes out, it's probably Aladdin. So. Nice. But I will I also love Zootopia. Yeah. And Wreck and Ralph. Mm. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Eventually. Eventually. Probably four episodes on in the next five years. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll make our way down there. But I'd say up until then, we've probably reached the end of this one. Yes, so. we have. So make sure you guys are listening, liking, subscribing, kicking us around, sharing us around. Yeah. You know? Um, share us on all your favorite social media platforms and mm-hmm. and uh, we'll we'll be back again. We'll be back again for another one. But until then, I think we're done rambling. Yes. Uh, just make sure to tune in next week to hear the brothers ramble about another topic. We'll see you. See ya.